Welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 172. Yeah. Update episode. Update episode. On the road. And it's another, yeah, it's another on the road episode. So as you guys can tell, I am in our amazing studio, and Orlando is in some other amazing, nicely decorated place. Uh, I, I just tried to build my own studio while I was away. Nice. You know, I just try to try to keep it real, you know. Nice. Are you, are you in a, are you in a, are you in a hotel room? Are you, uh, no, no, I'm actually at my former boss's house. Nice. It's, it's, it's strange. I mean, we're still good friends. And so the item that I was looking for was at a certain location. I'm still at an undisclosed location, but, uh, you'll find out when I hit the, well, hopefully I'll drop a YouTube video on Friday. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just, it was there and then I hit him up and he's like, yeah, you can come crash. And so I was like, all right. And actually, you know, it was awesome is that, that guy has skills at packing boxes. And so I had a huge FDA shipment, something that would have taken me four hours. Now we talk about this all the time that when you do stuff while like watching Netflix or being on social media, like the time that you waste. Yep. So literally, literally cranked out packing 12 mega boxes in probably like 45 minutes nice. at most. Where if I was at home, probably be like an all day ordeal, you know, like two hours here, grab a snack, do an IG story, two hours here, go to lunch. It probably would have been pretty bad. So yeah. man, that's, that's, that's why I'm grateful. Efficiency is important. And that's one of the things too, is like, I mean, you got to enjoy what you're doing, which kind of going back, you said like, you know, maybe you can listen to a podcast. I think, I think listening to something is a little bit easier. A lot of times, depending on how in-depth it is than watching something just takes out oh, one extra, you know, like distraction from you and t- things take a little bit longer, but at the same time, if you have time, we've talked before. I mean, I'm kind of this believer that you've got in reselling. I mean, there's multiple, but you got three kind of assets you're dealing with that are kind of limited. One of those is money. One of those is time. And one of those is space. And so if you've got the time, but you, you know what I mean? So it, it just really depends on how much you have of each of those assets. And if you have the time and, and you're not really worried about it, then take longer to pack. But if efficiency is your 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 thing, then yeah, you're right. And, and I like the fact that you were able to enlist some help on that because one of the things that's... Um, Kind of, you know, you could have gone to a hotel and probably, mm-hmm. you know, paid a little bit more, but it just goes to show some ingenuity in the fact that like, hey, if you know people around the the country, you know, make some deals there. Say like, hey, you mind staying at your house? Can I, you know, whatever. And then two, you can maybe teach somebody something which could become, you know, something they use. So that's cool. Oh, it completely beat the hotel being on the third floor, having to get the baggage carts and having to haul everything. I mean, it was... It was just a man. I'll share it. So the trip has been successful, but there, there are parts that were messy. So we'll talk about that a little bit, but that's later on. I, okay. So how you been, how, how's, how sales did you get out there this Saturday or have you been able to source what's going on? Man. I mean, it's been so hot. Here's so I'm, I'm, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll try and explain it like this. I went into the summer with an idea and I think a lot of times you have goals and you have to have a goal. But I, I'm also a believer that as as you move towards that goal, your goals are going to shift and change. Priorities change sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, depending on you know your focus and your intensity. Uh, and I kind of had this idea that I was going to go just so hard over the summer. And I have definitely done a lot in the summer that I don't normally do. Some extra yeah. sourcing. We had the road trip, things like that. Uh, but the other thing that I've kind of come to the realization is. Uh, this is a really unique time. This is the first year that my wife is home. Uh, so I, in the past, have had summers on my own or summers with me, just me and, and my son. This is the first summer that my wife is home. So it's kind of been us three. And it's such a cool experience to just have us three. And so it's a lot more difficult to 
you know, say, I'm going to go spend eight hours sourcing, listing, packing, even if it's something me and my wife do together. My son is at the age now where he can't. So he's got to go, you know, to, to grandma's house. And we want to kind of limit that. So we've only been doing maybe one day a week or, hey, we're going to go do some sourcing or some listing um, and spending a lot more time together as a family just because it's such a, a cool and unique time. As he gets a little older, I think it'll be easier to say like, yeah, you can come to the office or our warehouse with us uh, and you can just kind of play on your own. But right now he's definitely make something that should take an hour, take four hours, right? So, um, mm-hmm. and I don't want to lose that time with him. So we're kind of just trying to weigh out you know, what's the the best way to spend time. So I, I haven't been listing as much as, as I could have listed. Um, today, my plan is to kind of reorganize my office a little bit, get things set up, get my, all the stuff that I went on my road trip. I still haven't gotten all that stuff out of my trailer yet, just because it's been beyond <laughs> hot in San Diego. So you have a, you have a death trailer or inventory trailer. Yeah. Death trailer, <laughs> inventory <laughs> reserve trailer. trailer. Not so, a pile, just a trailer <laughs> stuff. Yeah. The, now part of that it, again is the heat has been so bad in San Diego. Um, and in a trailer the, in the fifth wheel that we live in, uh, we're completely off the grid. So we have solar that runs us 95% of the time. We really only have to run the generator maybe in the morning if my wife's making coffee, we haven't had sun in a while. And then the other time we have to run our generator is when we have to do our air conditioning because our inverter isn't quite powerful enough to run our air conditioning. And so the problem is we're spending like on a day where we're running our air conditioning all day, we're, we're going through like five gallons or more in gas just to run the air conditioning. And once it gets above like 95 degrees, the air conditioning really only keeps the house down to like 85. So it has not been comfortable at home. So we spent the weekend, we went up to um, uh, my in-laws house, her sister, and we stayed the weekend there because, you know, they live in a drier climate with swamp cooler. So their house is like 65 all the time. And so, yeah, we spent the weekend up there. My son got to go swimming. So haven't done as much sourcing or listing or organizing as I kind of intended. But when you're at like 105 degrees outside and you're just trying to survive, you know. Okay. So, no, but you know, okay. I don't know. Hopefully I'm not taking your hustle of the week from our next theme episode, but I did notice your MacBooks were doing well. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, those have been, that's one of the nice things. We came back from being, uh, spending the weekend with my sister-in-law and we had like a couple of those sell and a couple of other things. And it's so, it's been so great. Um, I, I've probably sold, I think I've listed 36 or some of them. Um, and then uh, I probably sold three quarters of them already. And they're going between, that's, that's great. yeah, it's been amazing. So they're going between 15 at the lowest to like 24 to $30 for the highest. And they're just, they're flying through and they're such an easy sell. I mean, there's certain things that when it sells, you're like, yay, but you're like, oh, that's going to be crazy to pack. But the nice thing is we had like three of them sell while we were on our trip or just over the weekend. We come home. It's like five minutes going to the office real quick, throw them in a poly bag, put some cardboard in there so that it doesn't bend and send it. And it's such a fast. So I definitely think that I'm going to you know, maybe shift a little bit more of the type of inventory I'm buying to easier to ship. Uh, even easier to list all of those things because, you know, if it was other things where I'm testing and I'm doing things that are a little bit harder, you know, it, it's you're not as excited to get the sell. So those MacBooks, the, the RPG books have been great. Uh, that was a great hustle, a great, uh, a great haul that I picked up. And then, um, you know, just real other- quick though, for our listeners that don't know exactly what, what were they exactly? Yeah. So you mentioned it, but it was a few episodes ago. Yeah. So I was able to pick up from a guy on offer up, uh, a basically a giant stack collection of BattleTech, mech warrior RPG books. 
And um, he had the listing up, had been up for months and I stumbled across it. And so he had already dropped the price a few times and I just really lowballed, like not probably like half of what his asking was. So it wasn't like I was like, I want him for free, but I, you know, I asked really low and I think it was like 20 bucks total is what I ended up paying for 36 of them. And like I said, they're selling for average 20 to $24 a piece. Uh, and they're such easy sells. And, and again, it's one of those things where, you know, it took a little bit of work to get them listed, but because it's all of one thing, it was easy to, to pound them out in one day. And I picked up a whole bunch of other books from him also just by looking at what else he had and kind of bundled a whole bunch of things together. Uh, so that was, you know, it's been really good. Those have been nice, easy sales. And it's one of those things that I'm hoping, you know, kind of carry me into the start of the school year because honestly, I have no idea what the school year is going to look like in California. <laughs> We're, we're still, we're still going to be like virtual distance learning, but yet they want it to be more, uh, a little bit more serious, a little bit more, uh, weight in the, 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 as far as grades, like they want there to be actual like serious instructions and grades and all of those things, which is a challenge when you're dealing with a population where maybe only 50% of the kids have reliable internet or, or, you know, all those things. So anyways, I go back tomorrow to like school training and it's all going to be zoom virtual. Really? And so I'll kind of find out what it's going to look like. Um, but I'm kind of hoping that like this, this, the last part of the year during the, the, the COVID lockdown, all of that, um, my stress level at work went way down. And I'm hoping that this, even though it's all new, it's going to be challenging. I think it's going to be a lot more difficult of a start of a year. Uh, but at the same time, I'm hoping that it's fewer hours each day of work for me. Uh, because then again, that's more time with family. And then once you're in a routine, one of the things I've realized is just like a consistent routine uh, actually allows you to get more done. I feel like if you're the more free time you have, oftentimes the less you get done when you're like, oh, I've got a week of, you know, nothing. If you're not really consistent there, you know, it's easier to I kind of planning, planning is key. I think having a lot of time is good. It's if, if it's just basically like, oh, I'm gonna do whatever. Like, I think I, I get into that trap all the time. I mean, I love the fact that I'm not held down to the schedule, but it does, <laughs> it doesn't help in the fact that, you know, I get up at 10 in the morning and I could have gotten so much done from eight to 10. Even if I get up at eight o'clock in those two hours, I could have had stuff shipped out, but instead I'm, I'm dropping stuff off at noon and then it, it's pushing my whole day back. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. What about you, man? What's, uh, what's going on with you? So it's, I actually went to garage sales for the first time like legitimately for the first time, I think since March, right? We talked about like, we have not had a garage sale season. It kind of just showed up and it went away. Like the yeah. first week of March, I think there were a couple, but it never was that, you know, when you drive onto a neighborhood and then you just see sales everywhere. I mean, obviously in our heads, it looks a lot better than it actually was. But this, this Saturday, this past Saturday, and I shared this on our Instagram story, I actually got up for the first time before 7 a.m., probably since we did the Mel Robbins five second rule book, which I think was back in March. And so you didn't, so, you didn't stick with that, huh? No, no, I, no, I did. I still remember it was only supposed to be for, I was it like two weeks. And then I went back to uh, old habits, but you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one that struggles waking up early during this time because there's no sense of time. Like why go to bed early to wake up to the same old, same old, right? Every day after day, after day, after day. Now, this time I was like, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to hit garage sales early. I'm so I actually got up at 30 early. And it's funny because 
message like, what? like our starts at like 9 a.m or 10 a.m i'm like only if we could be so privileged but it's crazy because here what i'm noticing what we've noticed right is like even if you get there at 6 a.m you're still not the first one mm. there are still people there they're like at 5 45 like knocking on doors now i will say as a result of covid competition is less at garage sales i noticed that this last time around so i would get to garage sales right when they opened and everything that was like in the pictures was still there, mm. which usually if you're there at open, like you already lost, like you're just like, oh yeah, some guy got here 15 minutes before. So it's kind of crazy because I planned out the day and I was so ready to just, I wanted to fill up the car and, I, <laughs> and, and it, and I was kind of like, ah, oh, maybe I'm reaching. So I go to my first stop and I pick up a pair of Merrill shoes. It's Merrill. I think, I think, I don't know. We Morrell? had two teams, Morrell or Merrill. So so picked up some shoes and then I made the call. It was more, I think of an emotional call than a strategic call. So somebody said they had a bunch of 49ers stuff. Now I'm a 49ers fan. So immediately I'm like, I'm going to hit this one first. So I show up, I show up 15 minutes early and I see all these people, but then I see this whole, like, you know, when they have those, uh, like those scenes on YouTube videos where like people see a pot of gold or whatever. Right. That, that's what I thought I saw. Cause it was, it was like 49er blankets, a stained glass hat, like hats galore, everything there. And immediately, immediately I just start grabbing everything. I just start piling, 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 piling. And I'm like, this is, this is what I remember about garage sales. But then in the corner of my eye, I see this old school varsity 49ers jacket. And I think it was a Michigan state starter. It wasn't a starter, but it was a Spartans. I think it might've been a chalk line jacket. And this guy picked them up and they were money. Mm. And I'm like, oh no. And I see him buying a few electronics. So the guy buys the stuff and I should have let it go, but I didn't mm. want to let it go because I really wanted that jacket. So I go to him, I'm like, hey, listen, I'll buy that jacket right now. Like, if you want a deal, like we can make a deal. And he's like, ah, I don't know. I mean, I knew the guy was a reseller. Like, you know, you can tell yeah. when people are buying, like to resell, right? You know the stuff they're buying. And he, and I would have, I probably would have given him probably a good price. I wouldn't have given him the full reselling price. Like I'm not going to give him the eBay. Yeah. But I thought it was, it was good. And he's like, no. Nah. And then he's like, uh, yeah, I really don't want to. I'm like, no, right now I got cash in hand right now. And he's like, he just stopped. He goes, I'm a reseller. And I was like, whoa, like, okay. So, all right. So part of me was like, I should have been, Hey, I'm Orlando from Pure Podcast. If you ever want to learn about recent, but then at that moment, I thought I'd burn my bridge, but he was adamant. So he walked away. So it was one of those moments where I had to kind of just learn that like, hey, it is what it is, right? There's always deals, there's always things to find. And so, you know, he put it in his, in his car and he, he actually he didn't want to talk much. And I felt bad, like maybe I should have gone after that jacket, but I, it was a real nice jacket. So anyways... What's crazy is that I bundled everything and I'm ready to like haggle with this guy because it was it was probably like 20 hats, like five blankets, like vintage stuff. It was some golf club headers. It was covers and it was stained glass. I mean, all kinds of like 49er stuff. And I, and I asked him like, hey, how much do you want for everything? Oh, by the way, do you know what indoor boards are? Yeah. Yep. So also an indoor board was there. 
with the with the rolling thing. Uh-huh. And if you end up boards, if you don't know what they are, I don't know what exactly you do with them. It's like a balance look, exercise board. Yeah, balance exercise board, but it was like a bo- it, it looks like a boogie board made out of wood. Yeah. I don't know, whatever. And I only knew that there were money because Sell Quick Ship Quick had sold one for over a hundred bucks or something. They posted on Instagram. So shout out to Sell Quick Ship Quick for sharing that info. So I picked that up. So the guy's like, hey, you know, um, I can't talk about the inlo board, but I can make you a deal on all this. And I asked him, well, how much? And he goes, $30. Oh, man. $30. All I have to do is sell two hats. So he he, he gave you the price right off the bat without even asking you? Oh, yeah. Right off the bat. Nice. And, you know, as, as any normal reseller would go, how about 25 and then, cause I knew that he was, he didn't care. And what's crazy is he told me he's a 49ers fan. Now I need to rewind a little bit. I did develop some rapport. I'm like, Hey, I'm a Niners fan. I've been a Niners fan since birth, which is all true. Mm. And I'm like, Hey, so were you, were you a team of the decade guy? So team of the decade was the time when the Niners won like five Super Bowls. They had Joe Montana, Steve Young, Ronnie Lott, Jerry Rice. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm after that era. I'm like Steve Young. And I got stuck with all these terrible players. I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. So a good garage sale tactic is always try to find common ground, right? Because even though the guy obviously knew I was a reseller, like, why am I buying all this? He also knew I was a Niner fan. So he was willing to work with me. And so, yeah, he, he did the 25. Then the Indo board I got for eight bucks. Nice. Now, Those right now on the low end, they're going for 75. Now was this at, um, were you here in San Diego or were you in your undisclosed no, location? I was in San Diego. Yeah. Okay. I was in San Diego. So a few days ago. So, so then that's part one of the garage sales. Okay. So this story isn't going to go forever. So that's part Sounds one. So like I'm like, I got a score. Like it's definitely worth, it's definitely worth getting out here this morning. So then it, there was, I remember on the, on the Craigslist ad, somebody had a DVD recorder in, it was open, but it was in box with the plastic, with manuals and everything. And the dual deck, Sony dual deck, like super nice. So I, I go to one garage. I'm thinking this, you know, how sometimes you confuse garage sales. So I'm like, hey, do you guys have this? He's like, oh, yeah, over there. I'm like, I don't think the guy even listened to me. I go, look, no, it's not there. And so I'm like, oh, I must have gone to the wrong garage. So then I go to another one, and it's the one I'm looking for. Now, it is 9 in the morning, right? You would think by 9 in the morning, it'd be gone. So I show up, and there's something right there. This is still, like, how still how's nobody picked it up? So I talked to the lady. I'm like, hey, listen, uh, well, I tried to play it cool. I, I showed up and I looked at it, but I didn't, you know, how you, you ever seen American pickers, how they see something they like, but then they'll act like they're looking at other stuff and then they'll come back to it. Right. So I kind of did that thing where I eyed it up. I'm like, okay, it's here. No one's around. So I'm going to look like it's not that great. So I'm looking, I'm picking up stuff. And then I go, hey, I was just wondering, like, what do you guys want for that? And the lady's like, uh, how about 40 bucks for both of them? And if you know the ROI in those, like each of those a piece, easy $200 net profit. Now, that's what I thought. Actually, I learned later that the market has gone down on those. Mm. And so I'm like, ah, I'm like, I don't know. And then the, I guess it was the daughter goes, uh, mom, some guy in offer up is offering $30 for those right now. And I'm like, well, hey, I got $30. So the negotiation was already happening for me. So I'm like, hey, I got $30 cash in hand right now. Like if and they're like, yeah, but this guy, I'm like, right now like i will give you 30 bucks and and she's like no i need 40 but then it's one of those where you just got to give up like you don't want to walk away from a good deal so i'm like you know what i'll do the 40 bucks that's fine and so the guy and offer up 
he, he I don't know. I, I think dude was mad. Like he sent a message after he goes, Oh, that guy knew what he was doing. He got a great deal. Those each sell for $500 a piece. Well, he was trying to do the same thing. So no, I know he tried to do the same thing, but I'm like, he, did he have to comment that he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to say anything. So, and then they're looking at me like, uh, I'm like stealing from them. I'm like, no, like, honestly, they're not worth 500 a piece. They're worth money, but they're not 500 a piece. They're like, all right, whatever. So that was part one of that score at that place. Then I, I look and they had two cricket machines and a bunch of cartridges. Now the market's gone down on those, but I was able to pick those up for $75. I picked up two cricket machines and like 10 cartridges. So all I need to sell is like two or three cartridges and I'm, I'm going to be good. So it was definitely a good morning. Now, in two or three st- stops, I'm probably going to already net. I'm thinking over a thousand net. Whoa. Easy. Easy. Right. And this is the first time I've gone to garage sales in a while. But it was a reminder of like, hey, garage sales, if you can make it happen. I'm not saying it's going to be like if you go full time, like you can live on, off garage sales. Like you could, but it's a grind. Mm. Like it's it's a grind. But if you already have a constant supply of inventory from wherever, if you're doing wholesale or if you're doing, you know, bulk buying from local deals, and then you're able to go to garage sales. I, I truly believe that garage sales are the icing on the cake yeah. because those items, they're, they're going to sell quick. I mean, that Niner stuff. I mean, if, if we end up having a football season, we'll probably sell within the first couple of weeks of, of the NFL kicking off, you know? So I don't know. All I, all I want to say is, it was nice to get out there again. It had been so long. I can't think of the last time I dropped a pic on Insta of my trunk full of stuff. Like it's been, it's been, it's probably been a year. It's been a long time. Yeah. So now I'm like, all right, I'm going to get up early every Saturday. It's time to hit the garage sales again. Nice. Sweet, man. So just, Makes now, me a little jealous. I didn't go uh, hit up garage sales. You didn't go like, well, here's, but here's the thing. I didn't think it was going to be that kind of morning. And that's what I like. Like it is the modern day treasure hunt. Cause you just never know. Yep. I mean, how many mornings have we had where we have to shoot a video and go, yeah, you know, let's be real. That's how it goes. Yep. Like you go out there and you don't find stuff. Right. Yeah. But this time it was, it was complete opposite. So yeah. I'm not good. a, I'm not a superstitious person, but man, yeah. Sometimes I feel like when you go out with the intent of, all right, I'm going to make some content here. Those are the worst days. Like you just don't get anything. That that is so true. Well, yeah. If you watched our last uh, YouTube uh, video of me in Colorado, like that's what it was. Like I was hoping to make a whole YouTube of me having major scores, and I did have scores. I mean, I sold a lot of the stuff. And uh, by the way, I have to admit, I had a Michael Scott moment with that video. So you watch the Office whenever Michael Scott would make videos, right? That he thought they were so cool, and he thought everybody else would think the same, right? Like, I mean, from the, one of the early episodes when we had that board meeting and he makes that video, like, these are the people of the office. And you're just watching this and you're like, what is going on? So I know a lot of you that watch our YouTube, I appreciate the support. And I know some of you are like, oh, yeah, but uh, those, those volume controls. Yeah, man. Uh, and, and I'll just say, like, I, I, I was super impressed. You did a really good job. A lot of times when I make videos, um, I'm making them. I'm going for simple over, over, you know, creative and flashy a lot of time just for time, you know, yeah, kind of thinking about it. like how much time am I going to put into it? How much like value can I give? But your video is super creative. I loved all of like the memes and all the fun things that went with it. That's how, if, if I were to spend more time on videos, I would definitely do those things. Uh, but yeah, you got to almost put a disclaimer on the front. It's like, uh, <laughs> prepare to have your eardrums blown out. 
Uh, but uh, is that bad? If you're wearing, if you're wearing headphones, it was pretty gnarly. But um, but no, it's just it's just like sections, and and I think again, like that's part of it too. Is I know um. I know you had help with, uh, your son was helping you with that. And I know that's like a style that's, that's definitely for anybody who has teenagers right now. That's a, that's a big style, kind of a, uh, a trademark of a lot of the videos that, that they watch. And so, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think you need to keep making videos like that. Cause the video is amazing. Oh, no. We're going to, we're uh, going to drop another one on Friday. Hopefully I'm going to go sourcing after the podcast today and hopefully it'll be, it'll be good. Not just cause you know, we'll do some editing, but it'll be good because there'll be some nice finds. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I just, it just reminded me of Michael Scott, where I still, I still, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, I thought it was funny. I liked what was made. But, you know, I was like, all right, well, you know, it's a learning lesson, but it was good. It was good. So, all right, random stories. You got any random stories? Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, we talk a lot on the podcast about uh, global shipping program, right? And oh, yeah. one of the benefits of that is that eBay will kind of take care of you if something goes wrong. Well, put that to the test. So remember I had bought a while back, one of the cool finds that I had was a um, inversion, like kind of almost like a pull-up bar, but like you can hang oh, yeah. from it, right? And then there's boots that come with it. So I sold the boots separately and I sold the bar separately. And the nice thing was I picked up the whole thing, I think for $2 for the boots and the bar. Uh, and I sold the boots for like $80, I think something like that. And then I sold the bar for over a hundred. Well, the bar went international, which was really nice because it was actually a lot more, when I was looking at it, um, I was like, oh, there's some screws here. I can take it apart and basically just put it in as like individual bars, like little tiny things. And it it won't be as big and bulky and it'd be easy to ship. Well, once I started taking it apart, I realized actually I can't like take it all the way apart. Like it's it, it there's only so much I could break it down. So it's kind of difficult to find a I had to find a really big box uh, to ship it in. But the nice thing is when you're shipping global shipping program, because you're sending it to Kentucky and because they have a warehouse, uh, the shipping is less, right? So when you're shipping something big through UPS or FedEx, if it goes to a warehouse that has a dock, if it has like a, like, mm-hmm. like a truck dock, they charge less for it than if it's like a residential place. There's usually like a residential surcharge, uh, especially for bigger items. So you tend to pay a little bit less. So it was really cheap sending it to Kentucky. And then all of a sudden, couple of days ago, um, yeah, I think it was a couple of days ago now, we get a message that the buyer had opened up a case against us that they never received it. We're like, oh, what? Like, oh no, right? So first thing we do is go and check. Look, sure enough, tracking shows that it made it to Kentucky. The Kentucky sent it out. So we contacted eBay. We just like, um, it was like an easy, just like a button we had to push on the computer. And they immediately said, we will take care of this. Like, you know, um, we'll, you know, we'll look into this. And then within a couple of hours, they closed the case. eBay refunded the buyer. We didn't have to pay them anything. So they said, well, we're refunding the buyer the purchase price um, at no cost to you. And I'm good to go, right? So I got to keep my $100 profit and the buyer got their money back and eBay ate the cost on that. Um, Now, whether or not the buyer will ever get it, I don't know. They might. I hope they do. That'd be awesome. It might have been stuck in customs. Sometimes yeah. things get stuck in customs and never make it to the buyer. Yeah. But the nice thing was like, it was such a, a pain-free process on our end because uh, we just had to say like, look, I mean, we we got it to you. You sent it out, which I mean, you that's exactly what I'd expect. I wouldn't even think of this as like, wow, this is some great feature because eBay is the one, they are the last ones that have their hands on it. They're the ones sending it out. So if it doesn't make it, it makes sense that it's on them. But it's just nice to know that they they do hold up to that they're not like hey sorry this is your your product you 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 know you take the risk on this even though we were the ones that last touched it uh so you know it was kind of nice that 
I didn't have to worry about a negative feedback or or losing that money because it was a great sale, uh, especially because even though it was cheaper to send, it still wasn't like free shipping. I mean, I had to pay for shipping. So if I had to eat the cost of that, that would have been a huge bummer knowing that I could have made a huge profit on it uh, because I got it at such a, a, a good deal. Well, and I, I've always said this since episode three or whichever her global shipping one was that if there's anything that eBay has done better than anyone else, it's the global shipping program. Like a hundred percent, there's no one that comes close to that. And they've always stuck to their word. I've never, ever now I've had a couple of people. I mean, obviously we have thousands of listens, right? So we have people that will obviously say, Hey, no, I had this situation, but never have had a problem with GSP. Like the moment it gets to Kentucky, you're good. So if you're not doing the eBay global shipping program and you're scared of doing international shipping, definitely start there. It is the easiest because it's not international shipping. You're just shipping to Kentucky and you're done. That is it. And all you have to do is seriously Google eBay global shipping program. It'll take you to the page and there's like a button that you press and it'll switch over your listings to global shipping and you're done. And it's, it's so nice. So I'm glad that worked out because yeah, yeah. If, if you ship that out with the international like priority, you would have been out that money and having to deal with the, you probably would have just refunded them and just moved yeah, on. I mean, I don't know. I mean, because we don't do international, I don't know what their policies would have looked like on that. I may have had to refund. eBay may have still sided with me. They probably wouldn't have been the ones to refund, obviously, the buyer. So there would have been, I think, a lot more hills and, and difficulties with that process. Uh, again, cost benefit analysis, doing GSP, it's more expensive for the buyer. So the total volume of sales that we're sending internationally is probably a little bit lower than we could be selling if we also did the international shipping. Uh, but then there's the the risk factor there. So you got to weigh that out yourself and kind of figure out, all right, maybe I get an extra five, six, seven percent sales monthly or annually based off of shipping international. But then there's going to be additional time, energy, potential risk involved doing that versus GSP, maybe fewer sales, but also less risk. So you got to weigh that out. Yeah, I see that. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey, everyone. Ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code, all in caps, PureHustle25. That's the numbers, 25. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to Sellhound.com and subscribe using our promo code, PureHustle25. 25. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, and we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. 
And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so first of all, is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our... our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, you're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, and your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. So my, my story is a more of a... So it was a good reminder of why retail arbitrage i think is a uh i think it's good like you can you got to struggle it's hot with retail arbitrage but it reminded me the danger of retail arbitrage so i'm out here this undisclosed location right now <laughs> and the reason i came out here was because there's a certain item that's been selling i've been selling this item all summer i mean i've been talking about this since probably early june and now we're in august and it's still good now Here's what happened. So early June, when I sourced this item, there was only about nine sellers on the Amazon listing, nine. And that's FBA and Merchant Fulfilled combined, right? And there weren't a lot of FBA. Now there are 45 total, 23 of them are FBA, right? Wow. So definitely. And, and now the price has dropped. So we're at one point, I was making about $35 net. Now it's gone down to 15 net and it may go down to 10. Like, I don't know. So I'm like, all right, do I source this one more time? But here's the thing. If the ranking continues to be low and get lower, it's worth it because the volume of sales that's happening, even now, if, if there was like a hundred people on it, I'm done. Like I'm just, it's going to be a race to the bottom and you're just going to sell to break even. So we're not there yet because luckily, you know, price are staying, you know, at a stable, a stable place where it's still worth it to me to probably, I mean, one of the things you asked me for the podcast was, you know, I thought it was a race to the bottom. Is it still worth it? I'm like, yeah, it's still worth it for now. Now here's what happened. So I showed up and the night before, like literally before the store, clo the stores closed, I called stores. They're like, oh yeah, we have 80 units here. We have a hundred here. We have da -da 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 here. Next day I fly in. It's around noon. I get my rental vehicle, which that was a complete debacle. I was supposed to have a van and they couldn't get me like they were sold out of vans or whatever. And so I ended up with a. Now you would think most people would be like, oh, that's awesome. So I got a BMW uh, five, seven series. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know my luxury vehicle. I'm gonna look it up right now. But it was a it was a nice Beamer. So it was a uh, X5. So it was like a BMW SUV, you know, fully loaded. I mean, that, that thing, it was, it was nice to drive, but it was terrible to source, terrible to source. So I go to the stores that I called the night before that said they were fully stocked, all sold out. Mm. So within 12 hours, uh, maybe 14 hours of me making the phone call, gone. One of those other 23 so people got it. 
What's that? So one of those other 23 people on the listing got there oh, first. I think so. Or somebody, it has to be, right? It has to be. It's always a mystery. So I'm in this random place. The whole reason I landed was, I mean, I, I came to see my friends, but I also came to do business. And so I'm like, I, 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 I got to find this stuff. So I research, and then I find that there's a few stores about an hour and a half away. So I go, and but here's the problem. I don't have a van anymore. Mm. So now what I have to do is I have to score. So the first place I hit up, they had it, and I, I filled up the SUV. So I literally had to drive an hour and a half, fill it up, and then drive an hour and a half back, drop it off, and then drive again to another store in the same area, fill it up, drive it back, and then time was out. And I'm like, wow. Oh. Like if I had the van, I could have hit up this store, all these stores, but now I'm stuck. Well, I find out that there's another store that has been completely untouched and it's about three hours away. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get up early tomorrow. So I get up at 7 a.m. and I drive three hours. Now, when I called the night before, it was right at closing. So I'm like, I'm good to go. I drive three hours. Now, it was a beautiful scenic drive. I mean, it was incredible. It was nice. I'm in a Beamer. Like, it's, it's all good. I show up and I'm like, what, where is it? Like, there's nothing here. And I go and ask, you know, one of the managers and they look it up. They're like, oh, yeah. And actually, somebody bought it all out at closing last night. So I drove three hours, three hours. And then I'm like, I'm not, no, I, I need to find more of this product. And what motivated me too was that my good friend, my former boss, who, you know, he's just uh, just a great guy. Well, well, time out, time out, time out. Okay, so go back to go back to uh, uh, your your former boss, great guy. You cut out uh, there a little bit. Okay, so my my former boss, a great guy, right? The fact that he was willing to help and we got it done in forty five minutes, I'm like. I already got this done. Like I should just source more, right? I have, I have the boxes. I'm ready to go. So that's why I was willing to drive three hours. Like had I taken like five hours the night before, I probably would have been like, I'm done. Like I'm good. I got, cause I already made my profit within the first stop. Like there was no point in me doing more. And the next stop that I had the day before was just super profitable. So waking up the next morning and going was as a result of like the efficiency of what happened the day before. Unfortunately, driving the three hours, there was nothing there. Somebody bought it all the night before. So then I, I researched some more and I find out that there's a couple other stores, but they're three and a half hours away. So I'm like, I'm going to make this happen. So I get in my car and I drive three and a half hours again to another location and I show up and I got that terrible feeling. I pull up to where the item should be. And somebody left like one of the boxes that carries a bunch of them like there, like kind of like taunting me, like just sitting there. And I'm like, and I see a completely empty shelf. And I'm like, no, this is not happening again. So I go to the manager. I'm like, hey, can I look this up? They're like, oh, yeah. Oh, here, here, here's what I didn't share. Sorry. Man, the story just all messed up. Three hours before I drove out, I called that store. And they're like, oh, yeah, we have plenty. No problem. I'm like, how many do you have? They're like, well, we can't share that with you. I'm like, what? Wait, I, I want to make sure like you guys have some in stock, you know, before I show up. And they're like, well, we can't share that with you, but we have plenty. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Throw three hours. Gone. Gone. And I'm pretty sure 
based on, I mean, I'm, I'm doing some CSI here, but based on how the box was on the shelf, I'm pretty sure that happened within the hour of me getting there that all those sold out. Yeah. So then I go to man. You could, you were looking like, at the footprints and you could kind of tell like what, uh, what size shoe the, the reseller was <laughs> yeah, wearing. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to, and the thing is it's only, it can only be, it's down to like 23 people. Right. I mean, no, no, well, it could be 44, right. Cause there's 44 people on the listing. Right. So it has to be one of those individuals or it could be somebody new. My, so then I ask and I, and then they say, Oh yeah, there's another store 30 minutes away that has like, you know, about like 70 units. But I'm like, I'm not going to drive. I'm going to call. So I call and they're like, yeah, we had 70, but they're all gone. Yeah. Someone's checking out with them right now. You're like, take a picture. of So somebody literally, okay. So here's my thoughts. My thoughts are, is somebody is like three hours ahead of me on this. That's all it takes right now. That's why they say the early bird gets the worm and you get. But it wasn't like I was late to anything. I could, I couldn't like, I was, if I could have flown out earlier, I would have flown out earlier. I think my only downfall was I didn't get a van. If I got a van, I probably would have had one more store to go to. Right. Because the two stores that I hit were Were fine. Were you at those stores when they opened, like in line as they were opening? Well, I couldn't on, I couldn't on the first day because the first day I flew in at noon. Yeah. yeah, Now the the next day. day was right when it opened. But you, you had mentioned, oh, right. But then the one where you said that it looked like within an hour they had taken the stuff. Yeah. They probably hit it up right at open. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I mean, you were, so I you were should close. have driven to the location that actually was an hour away from me, but it had less product than the one that was three hours away that had like two or three times more product. Yeah. Either that, but see, either that or, or got up, you know, an extra little bit early and been the first one. No, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have made a difference. It wouldn't have made a difference because I was right at open at the store that had the two. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the one where you said that that you got there and it looked like within an hour they had they'd taken the stuff. If you'd have been, it wouldn't have mattered because I was already three hours away at the other location. Gotcha. Now, had I gone to that one first, Mm -hmm. I probably would have scored. I see. But instead, I ended up waging my bets, going, "Hey, it's better. I'm better off driving three hours to get three times more product than driving one hour to get a smaller amount." Good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so I sure. went big, but I lost. Yeah. What can you do, man? And I lost again. So I literally drove six hours for nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I stopped at this great place and had a great meal, but outside of that, but it, it was it was a reminder again that retail arbitrage is really cool and you can make a ton of money, but it reminded me of the consistency why we love thrifting and garage sales and used goods because there isn't this kind of like you can go to a thrift store at any time and you can find good stuff, right? Even, even if you don't wake up early and you show up in the afternoon, there could be good stuff. You can go to a garage though. You can find great stuff, right? You can set up a local deal, right? That may have been sitting like on the ad for about two months Mm -hmm. and you can still score. But when it's retail arbitrage, there's a few, few issues with retail arbitrage. One is it's a race, right? All it takes is just a handful of people to know. And it's like the prices are going to race and then it's a race to get that product. Right. So it's, it's anxiety ridden from beginning to end. Then on top of that is you're risking a lot of money, right? A lot of cash. I mean, you're, you're talking about dropping thousands of dollars, hoping that you'll make thousands of dollars, but you may just break even, or you could be at a loss. Right. I mean, I've I've shared tons of losses (laughs) on the podcast. And then, and then the, the other part is, you're depending on technology at these stores that are not up to date. 
right? Because I basically drove three hours on information that wasn't updated right away as when the person bought it. Because I literally called that store when it was closing. And to them, they were fully stocked. I also called the other store and they told me they were fully stocked and they're done. So I think retail arbitrage is great, but I, I'm a big believer that there has to be another form or another stream of income because retail arbitrage, man, it's, it's feast or famine. I mean, and, and if I would say if I was in my early twenties and I didn't have a family to take care of and so on, like, that'd be fun. And I just travel the country. I mean, there's people that they travel to Amazon, Amazon warehouse, but yeah. Yeah. So I got a nice scenic drive out of it, but, um, it's good. Yeah. It was a major loss. So I, like I don't it. know if that's a random story, but I needed to be real about what happened. Hey, so there you go. All right. So that, that was pretty much my story. And, uh, hopefully, you know, if I make one more trip before the end of the summer, it'll be worth it. I'm kind of, I don't know, maybe it's time for me to just settle down and get back into eBay mode, but it's been so good. So, and, and Q4 is around the corner. I, I will tell you this motivated me and uh, I have a little bit more motivation to share in the reseller topics. But before we get to reseller topics, hey, if you haven't had the opportunity yet, we are also on social media. We are Pierce Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter. We are Pierce Cast. If you're listening to the podcast and you want to know what these videos are about that I mentioned, you can find us on YouTube. We are, we are Pierce Podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and that notification and on this podcast you can smash that like button and uh you can always send us an email if you like here's podcast at gmail.com or you can leave us a phone call a message and actually we want to i want to do an episode where we have a bunch of phone messages what do you think about that yeah maybe, maybe I mean, I don't know. we just need people calling like, in give us a call like questions or sharing in. and if you have a hustle of the week we'd love to air your hustle of the week so you can give us a call at 619-738-1170 that is 619-738-1170 and as always thank you all for the reviews uh, they keep coming in and we're just super grateful grateful for the donations people are buying shirts again just for all your support and even you know sometimes you know stuff is hit or miss whether it's a video or a podcast you guys have some of you have always been super encouraging I would say 99.99% of people that listen to the podcast have always been good to us. So thank you for all of you. So yeah. are you ready for reseller topics? Yeah. So um, imagine as you're listening to this right now, if you're, if you're watching or listening, you can close your eyes and envision breaking on? news, sound effects happening and like, you know, like breaking, choo, 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 all that stuff that's happening right now. As I say, <laughs> okay. Now right. in the reselling world is reselling topics. Take it away, Orlando. Hey. <laughs> from an hey, undisclosed location. What's that? Except from an undisclosed location on the street. Undisclosed, yeah, undisclosed. On the YouTube, I'll show where I'm at. But uh, I'm right now after getting burned at, at that retail arbitrage. I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because I still got another day and, and the podcast is dropping. So. All right. Hey, so Q2 results came out for eBay. And eBay actually has had the best results since 2005. 2005. So that's super encouraging. I wish the stocks would show that. <laughs> the stock actually has gone down since then. But things have been great, right? And they actually, there's 8 million more active buyers to the marketplace, right? So the annual base of Amazon shop, I'm not Amazon, oh man, eBay shoppers, eBay shoppers, is 182 million. So 
super encouraging. Again, I've, I've always said, like, I really believe because of COVID, like it, it pushed eBay to the next level. But I think a lot of the buying habits that was, was started, you know, as a result of this are not going away. I think it's going to be the way it's going to be now. Some people have said it's probably going to level out, but I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to level out to how things were before COVID. I think it's just going to be next level. I, I do think the different standard, I think it's going to be more. All right, you're, you're uh, cut, but we'll have to see because we also. I was gonna say you're, cut, you're cutting out just a little bit there, but but yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things like just thinking about that with um, eBay having more more buyers on there, that's really good news for us. And I think as a whole, uh, the lockdowns and kind of buying habits have changed. I think there might be some as things open up. Obviously, more people will go back to brick and mortar, uh, but I think that the the total number of buyers just buying online is going to continue to rise, especially as, and I think the bigger aspect is the younger generation, right? As, as the younger generation gets more buying power, that's how they're used to buying things. I mean, even the idea of a mall is becoming less and less like I, you don't mm-hmm. hear kids now saying, Hey, we're going to go to the mall and hang out, right? They stay home and they play video games or they, they, they hang out on social media. So they're, they're not using brick and mortar places as the cool place to hang out anymore. So, uh, the thing that I would Which worry about, sad. don't you miss going to the mall? Yeah. Like when I was a kid, that was like the spot. I don't know. It's, yeah. It makes me sad, but no. it's all good. No, for sure. I mean, I just, the only thing that I worry about going forward. And I think, like you said, even with the idea of, um, eBay stock, because again, stocks is just a matter of what people are valuing it. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of investors are are looking at eBay and saying, okay, like, They've got growth right now during this time frame. Is it going to be sustainable, and are they going to be able to capture the younger audience, uh, the younger the younger buyers? And that's where I just hope that that more of their focus and attention goes to attracting uh, and just getting the word out that that you can buy lots and lots and lots of things on eBay, and eBay isn't just for your grandma or your mom and dad, right? So that's what I hope that they do because obviously Amazon is is crushing it, and they're going to continue building as this just monolithic power. Uh, in the in the online retail space, so hopefully eBay is able to kind of carve out their niche there and and find ways to compete with the other programs that come up. No, agreed, agreed, and it was encouraging. So you know how we get invited sometimes to those seller check ins, yeah, right, where like some eBay execs share like some things that they want to share with the community, and so we recently you know were able to do a Zoom call with one of those, and there was some some good news on there too. You know, one of the things they had mentioned was that initially they had noticed early in, in during the COVID pandemic was that the certain categories were having all kinds of sales, right? So like board games and video games and, and so on, but not all categories were being lifted. But then they, they said that towards once it got to about end of May into June, that sales were up across all categories. And I would say anecdotally, I noticed that because I'm selling everything still like I'm People are buying belt buckles to to vintage gear to you know Western wear to to video games to board games to RPG books like everything is selling still like and and if you're listening as a new reseller to this podcast, there's never been a greater time to start reselling. I know it sounds strange, but I can't think of a time where you could literally, as long as you researched and you found comps, like you could sell stuff far easier now than I would say even a year ago or two years ago. It, it's it's pretty wild the way it is right now. Yeah, it's good news. So takeaway from that is make sure you're listing, make sure you're sourcing yes. and uh, capitalize as much as you can on the increased buyers. I like it. 
Now, some things they did share also at the seller event, which I thought was kind of cool. So they want to bring more functionality to Terapeak, which is great. So Terapeak is a tool on Seller Hub that you can research. You can look back at data from 365 instead of 90 days as it is in the app. And also MUA. So MUA, which is a multi-user access account, where if you have a helper or you don't want to have somebody that has full access to your account, but you want them to be able to list, like they're going to start putting more stuff on there. So like shipping and, and others. So that's going to be pretty awesome once that happens. Like I'm, I'm pretty pumped about that because I, I do feel that the next stage for me is to find a helper that can ship. Like, and if I can like have a location where all my inventory is at, like it, that has a separate entrance and like, I don't have to be there and things sell and that person can go in there and like, you know, pack and ship. Obviously it'd have to be somebody that I trust and would have to know how to ship things well, man, that would be amazing. Uh, like that really, I, if I could get that happening, I definitely would be able to scale next level because pretty much every step of the way is taken care of except for the sourcing part. And imagine like, that's the dream of every reseller to just source. Yeah. Right. Like that's all you do. You go and buy stuff and everything else, like the listing, the pictures, the packing, like you don't even have to deal with that. That would be amazing. So I'm hoping that happens and we'll see what happens. But you know, what I also enjoyed about the seller event was that they had brought on people that are on their like buyer side of things where they look at like the interface that buyers deal with on eBay. And it was pretty awesome to hear them like being transparent about it. Like they, they're like, yeah, it's true. It, it's, it's tough for people to find the same sellers and, and we're building our algorithm better. So like people will get suggestions on what to buy based on what they previously bought. You know how Amazon does that? Like yeah. they're like, Hey, you bought this, but why don't you add this to your purchase? Mm -hmm. Like eBay does a little bit of that, but they're actually talking about sending more notifications. So like, for instance, if somebody has bought stuff from you before, Mike, instead of just sending like, here's some items that are similar to what you bought, instead it would be, hey, this seller just recently listed these items that you might like. Yeah, that's good. And as a seller, like that's great because if we can have repeat buyers, like I keep saying, repeat buyers are one of the things that I wish eBay did a better job with. For instance, I have people right now that as soon as they get a Harley haul, I contact them and they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy 10 shirts. I'll buy this one, this one, this one. But if I were, if I was able to find out the moment somebody sends an offer or, you know, buy something that they're a repeat buyer and I could say, Hey, by the way, you bought this, but I have this other inventory man, that would definitely help, you know, scale and level up things even better. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons people send, um, with shipments, I mean, obviously it's a little different if, if you're a store that only sells one thing, Harley gear, car parts, whatever it is, certain board games. Um, it's easier to kind of direct people to your store when you're more specialized, when you're a little bit of a uh, variety store like we are. Um, it, it's That's a little bit more challenging, but I think that's why some people will send things like a business card or something like, hey, and then even a, a special promo code, like, you know, buy on my thing, you know, get an extra discount. And you can work that out probably through eBay, whether it's, you know, they, they, they message you the, the code and you just work with them on price, best offer, right? Like, Hey, is a repeat buyer. Um, so, I mean, that, that might be one reason why it'd be useful to send maybe not a traditional thank you note, but you know, branding store branding. Cause that's what you are oh, is, is your brand. And so send out like, Hey, thanks for checking out my stuff for more vintage clothing, electronics, um, collectibles, please visit my store you may or may not get some extra people, especially depending on how well you've packed things. If you were fast, you know, people might be like, Oh, cool. Especially if you offer a discount too. So I've been anti cards 
anti thank you cards or stickers, but I think I think now's the time. And I, I I'm probably gonna buy some, but I'm only getting use them if somebody does like a bulk buy or they buy something that's expensive. Mm. Like I'm not gonna send it for the random person that you know lowballs me on a pair of Merrill shoes or or I'm like you know what I mean. Like if it's somebody that buys like ten of something or you know like the other day I had somebody buy three buckles and they actually wanted to buy out all my uh, football buckles and they threw an offer and I, I denied their offer. And you know, the, they may come back. Like they told me, they said, Hey, in three months, I'll probably offer you again. And I'm like, all right, but that's the kind of person that I want to put a card in and I want to send in. And you know, so it's all there. And if they throw it away, at least before they throw it away, they have to think about my store one more time. So right. I don't know. I might that's go down stuff. that road now. Cool. All right. What else? So, what else do we have? All right. So, so there's a, so eBay and the post office is kind of interesting. So I've never, I've never like thought that there would be a time where like eBay is actually saying like, man, things are rough with the post office, right? Cause eBay, you know, and the post office try to establish a good relationship. But I think this last time around and what I heard was that, when the post office started making all these announcements that they're limiting hours and there's going to be delayed delivery and all this, that eBay was caught off guard. And so what there's, what, what they announced in the seller community board was that they're now extending seller protections through August 31st, which is great because shipping right now is it's getting worse. Yeah. And I've always been a like, let's not be the sky is falling, but it's, it's been pretty rough lately. Like I've had stuff like I, I shared last time I, I dropped off 20 items and none of them got checked in. And I'm still having that where I'm sending stuff priority and it's taking like five days to get to the buyer. And I'm like, what is going on? Mm. And then I've had stuff I've bought. Actually, <laughs> I bought eBay shipping supplies and that stuff hasn't, I ordered it three weeks ago and it still hasn't gotten to me. So it's been it's it's been rough, but it's nice that those protections are still there. So be aware of that you know that eBay is looking out for us and recognizes the problem with the post office. And the thing is, don't let it slow you down because there's nothing you have no control over, right? Yeah. You can only control what you can control. And so for me, as long as you have tracking, and if an, if an, if it's an expensive item that's more than fifty bucks, make sure to send priority. And for me, if it's more than a hundred dollars, I always insure it because the insurance is only up to hundred bucks for priority. You're good. Like just keep doing what you're doing, right? Don't let this slow you down, but just be aware that if there's any issues, right? eBay has, has promised, and they've been good about this, that through August 31st, like your solar metrics are good. Yeah. No, that's good. So. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I, I had one incident where that worked in my favor, where uh, when we were gone, one of the items sold that had an offer out on it. And yeah. uh, unfortunately we just mistimed when we could send our last offers, assuming people were going to accept or deny. And so it ended up selling. And so the shipment on it was a few days late and it hasn't hurt us. So uh, that it's, it's nice when it happens because it's not your fault, right? The post office is taking longer. Mm -hmm. eBay is taking care of you. They're protecting you with that. Uh, But this is probably the first time in an entire, I don't know, the last couple of years that something went out late on my end and it was a day or two late and it was my fault. And of course, we reached out to the the, the buyer and let them know. Um, but to know that eBay is protecting us too, so it's not going to hurt us on our end. So that was nice. No, it's been great. All right, now I want to talk about. I want to land on Amazon for a little bit. So I had mentioned on the I think the last update episode how Amazon 
got to a place where like they out of nowhere they drop you know we always talk about the amazon hammer right that amazon will make policy and they give you no heads up and so they made their inventory performance index they ratcheted it up to 500 so give you some background those of you that are new so on amazon back in the day you could send pretty much as long as amazon was selling it and you were not restricted you could send in anything and at one point, there was no long-term storage fees. Like, it could sit in the warehouse forever. Then Amazon said, okay, now we're going to add long-term storage fees. So that was an expense. Then they said, okay, now we're going to do this inventory performance index. And basically, it's based on certain metrics. If you do not meet these metrics, we're going to limit how much you can send into the warehouse. So two years ago, they introduced this. The initial number, I believe, was like at 300 which uh, 300 or 350, somewhere around there, which wasn't that big of a deal. Because for most people like that, you know, it, it's manageable. Unless you were like not selling anything, you had no sell through and you had a bunch of stranded items and you had excess inventory, like you were good, you were good. Then last year, Amazon jumped that number to 450. Mm. So basically what Amazon was, do, was doing was forcing people saying, hey, your sell-through rate has to be really good. So you have to sell your stuff. You can't just sit here and wait for the price that you want. Like we want you to sell stuff because we want to make room in the warehouse. If you have excess inventory, you have to figure it out. And then if you have stuff stranded, so let's say we delete, let's say Amazon, which they do all the time, deleted a listing. So you sent in an item, it was selling, but then Amazon, for whatever reason, decided not to sell that item anymore. They would pull the listing and then your item ends up on this list of stranded inventory. So it's just inventory sitting in a warehouse that's stranded. There's nothing you can do with it. So Amazon two weeks ago announced that the number has to be 500 now and that you have until August 16. So they literally gave you, maybe it was like three weeks ago or so, but they literally gave you like around a month to fix that. So I had mentioned on the podcast when it happened that I'm done. Like I, I guess I'm going to be limited in my storage. Now they didn't tell you it's going to be unlimited either. If you, you hit that 500, they just said that you will have limited storage limits, limited storage. <laughs> a limit on how many units you can send in the redundancy department of redundancy. There you go. Yeah. Okay. And then what, what they also introduced was on certain items, they will limit how much you can send in. So you have to make sure you check that. So that item that I've been doing well on, I was concerned because at first, it was like, you, you can only send in 30. I'm like, what? But eventually, when I started selling through and the, and the rank kept getting lower and it kept selling, I think this last time, it was like, you can now send in 400 and something. So I'm like, sweet. Like, it went up. So I was worried about this. So I had no hope, but I'm like, I'm going to make this happen because I can't be limited in Q4 with the amount of inventory I can send in. So one of the things I've always talked about is a way to get your IPI score up is to delete product listing. So if you go on the left, when you go to your inventory page, you can choose with items. And the reason I say this is if you do like garage sales and you send in stuff to Amazon, like a used DVD player or some kind of electronic or video games, like you have a lot of one-offs. And when it sells, it says out of stock on Amazon. So it hurts your metrics. So if you're able to delete that now, it's going to make it sound like you're deleting it from Amazon's page. But if it's an item that's selling a lot, it's not going to happen. Mm. Like it's going to stay there. If I'm deleting Super Mario Brothers for the Wii, 
I can hit delete product listings. It's not going to delete it, but it'll delete it from my inventory listings. Right. So one of the first things I did is I deleted all that, all, all my one offs I deleted. And so that helped my score. So my score went from a 424 to like a, a 453 within a week. And then, and then after that, I was like, I'm going to start selling stuff. So I dropped all my prices. I'm like, I'm going to sell through because whatever money I lose right now is not going to come close to the money I can lose in Q4 if I don't have the amount of storage I need right. to send stuff in. So I started selling. So my sell-through rate went up. But here's the one that I was completely shocked that helped my metrics that hopefully helps a lot of you. So there's that third category, manage excess inventory. So this is items that you had sent in was at a low rank. And then over time, the rank kept going up. And it'll tell you like this rank went negative 42,000. So when you sent it in, it was at 3,000 rank. And now it's at 48,000 rank or whatever it is. So instead of me dropping the price and hoping it would sell, I just took all my excess inventory and I created a removal order and I had them all shipped back to me at home. I think it was like 20. So I don't have a lot of items. So to give you context, when I used to do Amazon hardcore, I had over a thousand items in the warehouse. Now I have less than a hundred. <laughs> so it, 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 things have changed, but that's because my sell through rate, I sell stuff like crazy. Like I do not wait for things at the moment. I get it. I sent it. I try to sell it out real fast because I want to beat that race to the bottom. On top of that, I'm only picking up items that are super low rank. Like I used to pick up items that were like 500,000, 600,000 that maybe would sell one every three months. Like I've stopped doing that. So what I did is I took all my excess inventory, created a removal order, got it all shipped. And then I got my results this past Monday. I'm at a 502. Nice. You I made it. Benchmark. You did it. You did it, man. So I'm good to go. I'm proud of you. But that we need to have like I said, I'm proud of you. We need to have like some like clapping sound effects going on right now, or it's like I, I didn't think it was gonna happen. So I'm pumped about it because that means well, I have to, I have two weeks that I have to maintain it, but I'm good because I'm already restocking on an item that I'm low on. I don't have a lot of items that aren't selling. And I think my metrics are gonna only go up. So hopefully I help you guys. Take a look at your excess inventory. If you have too much, they just don't want that stuff in their warehouse. No, they don't. Right? I mean, it's not they, selling. It's yeah, just taking no space. Exactly. I mean, you got to look at it from that perspective too. Um, if, if let's say majority of the the people sending in stuff the way way you do, all of a sudden have to pull listings down, lower prices, sell things. Amazon's making more money or clearing space in their warehouse, right? Both those things are good for them. So the only other option they have is say, okay, we'll still let everybody have, we're not going to make that 500 numbers high, we'll lower it, but we're going to have to charge more for the inventory you have in for space, which that's not a good option either, right? So either mm -hmm. way, they're going to have to do something. And this way, you know, I, I would imagine people, they might be a little bit bummed that they have to sell things out a little faster at a lower price than they were hoping. And they have to maybe get some stuff brought back to them. So that might be a, a little bit of a pain, but I can imagine that the backlash is a lot less than saying, all right, we're going to raise storage fees by 10%, right? So in this way, people are still getting some money. They're maybe learning that, hey, if I want to do Amazon, I need to be I need to be a little bit more fast nickel, not trying to slow dime this and recognize that that that's this is just the model that Amazon is going to going to run on. Yeah, it's their sandbox. They they make the rules. Now, the other beauty of this is that eBay stuff is selling really well. So I had a lot of apparel that has been selling. Like it's weird because Under Armour, like new with tags, 
didn't really sell well on eBay, but right now, because of everything going on, like people can't go shopping, it's selling well. So a lot of that stuff I had to pull from my inventory. But here's the biggest takeaway from this. If you're going to do Amazon FBA, it has to be low ranking. You have to be willing to sell it fast. And you can't just, <laughs> gone are the days that you could just send stuff with high ranks, hoping that, hey, if I'm the only listing, maybe it'll sell. Like, I think those days are done. I do think that Amazon is messing around with the algorithm, that low ranking items just aren't coming up on searches, which makes sense, right? Because they want their money quick right? and they want to make space. And if we end up in the second wave of the pandemic and which, you know, I don't know where we're at with all that, but either way, this Q4, I believe there's going to be a lot more of online buying I mean, obviously the economy and the kind of money that people have will play a large part, but Amazon is going to, I think Amazon will be a beast this Q4 when it comes to Christmas. So I'd rather lose. Maybe I lost $2,000, but I'm still going to make, you know, 30, 40, 50K, maybe come Q4. And to clarify, clarify, when you say you lose $2,000, that might be lose $2,000 of potential profit, not lose $2,000, right? Like, cause you're selling items to, to move them, but you're probably still getting close to breaking even or breaking even on those, right? Oh yeah, agreed. And, and when I, yeah, you're right. It's potentially lose 2000 because if I listen on eBay and I make profit, I'm not losing, right? I'm still winning, but you know, 2000 bucks is completely, you know, worth it to me to have the potential of making 40 to 50 K come November, December. Like so it. just, you just got to think about that. So yeah, all right, that's our topics. Man, all right. That's good stuff. Those are, those are good. Um, yeah. Still don't think I want to do Amazon. Just not convinced. I like eBay. I, I, I know. Hey, listen, I, I, I get it, but I'm, t- I would say just, if you go through the process once, then you can make the call. Like, I, I think you gotta, you gotta, it's like eBay. Like a lot of people are like, Hey, I do more, I do Poshmark. There's no way I want to do eBay, but I'd say just do the process once make a few sales. And then you can go like, you know what? This isn't for me. And for, you know how I am with Amazon. Amazon's like the, the girlfriend I can't break up with. <laughs> like I just, it's like, I know I shouldn't, but I do because the benefits are so great. And so like I keep doing Amazon because there's plenty of money in Amazon, even though they, they keep breaking my heart over and over again, dropping these crazy rules, I'm still willing to adapt and make it happen. And so I, I say just, my just, just once, just once and, and, and play it safe. Don't, don't, don't go all crazy. Like Orlando does where he goes all in and loses tons of money and then makes more money next time and loses tons of money. So you're saying I, I shouldn't that, take that's out. Kind like, of, that's how entrepreneurship works sometimes. Like so, you got to take risks. So you're saying I shouldn't take out like a $10,000 loan to buy one item that I think is going to. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no. Like that is, I don't think that's good on any platform, but no, yes. For sure. Agreed. Cool. So, all right. So what is your bolo? Bolo. Okay. All right. Can we, we can't put the sounds after, after production. I mean, I could, but you know, I feel like our listeners have a strong enough imagination that it's going to sound even better in their head. They know, they know. And if you're, what's your bolo? What's your bolo? If this is your first time listening to our podcast, go listen to some of our older stuff. Not like old, old, like episode one. I mean, if you want to go ahead and listen to all of them, that'd be cool. Uh, but, you know, listen to a few episodes ago and you'll hear uh, you'll hear our 
the high level of production that this this podcast brings on There's the on the regular. Um, so, anyways, my bolo, um, and I may have I, I think I've mentioned these items before as like hustles of the week, and it's. Obviously, disclaimer, I feel like, you know, sometimes we have to give this. Always got to do your research. This isn't just like a blanket. You can always just assume that you're going to make money on these. But one thing I've noticed is a lot of times older video games, video games from the PC games specifically, uh, because I think this is one that's often overlooked, are the old CD or DVD ROM PC games mm -hmm. um, that a lot of times you could see them at garage sales or thrift stores. And a lot of times they're ones that aren't necessarily worth money. It's like the Nancy Drew ones or the detective ones or the bubble popping ones. And maybe there might be one or two of those that are highly sought after. Uh, but a lot of times it's just th there's no money in those. But then there are other titles that tend to do well, even if they're a little bit older. So if you're finding the PC DVD ROM versions of some old, you know, civilization or uh, I've sold some old Spore or Sims, various games like that, there's still a market for that. And one of the interesting things is I'm kind of surprised that I, that I still do well selling these items. And it's not usually a lot of profit. You know, you can pick these up for a dollar or two and then you sell them for 15, 20 bucks, maybe only $15. But because it's such a low buying cost, it's, it's a nice and easy to store. You can send it through media mail. Uh, so they're, they're a nice item to have, to ship, to sell. Uh, but it's weird because my thought process is the market on this, the number of potential buyers has to be going down because now computers, most computers don't even have DVD slots, right? The majority of computers that are being made, whether it's Chromebooks, whether it's Macs or, or PCs, most of them don't even have a DVD slot. Some people will still use, you know, the USB ones you can plug in or they'll buy a little bit bigger laptop or, or something. But if you got a desktop PC, they they usually still have the DVD ROM drives and then some laptops will have them. And because so many people are able to download even those older games on whether it's Steam or whatever it is where they, they download them digitally. But I think there's still a market for people who had the game. They liked the game is old school. Like I remember I used to play the old school Doom like the original Doom game. I remember Doom. And I, I mean, I, I still remember the the cheat code. I think it was like ADD, ADD, ADD KFA or something like that, right? Like, you know, the, the, the cheat to get unlimited life or unlimited ammo. And those games, there's a certain nostalgia there. And I think people, you know, they play the new Doom that just came out or they play the new Civilization or the new Sims. And there's some people who are like, maybe they're watching their kids play these games. They're like, hey, when I was your age, I played this one. And they're willing to go back and get the old DVD ROM version of the game. Um, probably they can download most of these games, but for whatever reason, there are still people who they want the hard copy. Maybe they don't have stable internet, whatever it is. I don't know. Uh, but I sell enough of them regularly that it's it's a little bit shocking, but it tells me that there's still a market there. And maybe the reason I sell them is there isn't as many people buying and flipping them because they're like, hey, this is a dead market. These games are too old. Uh, so obviously do your research. Don't just pick up every, you know, Nancy Drew or mystery solving or bubble popping, you know, CD-ROM uh, PC game that you find. But, you know, it's worth doing the scan, especially if you can buy a lot. Because a lot of times people have collections where you go and they have they have just years worth of the Sims games yep. and all I the expansions or or years worth of the different civilizations or whatever it is. And so it's worthwhile. Pick them up. Pick them up if you, you see them. And, you know, there's potentially money there. That's my bo 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 bolo. What about you, Orlando? Well, here's, a, 
It's what's interesting that you mentioned Nancy Drew. So my bolo is book collections. And we've kind of mentioned this before. And it's not my thing, but I'm going to get into it more because I used to sell it. And then I kind of went away from this. So right now, as a result of COVID, there's a lot of parents choosing to homeschool. Right. And so, or, you know, because distance learning, they're trying to figure out, like, they can't go to a library and, and so on. And like, I actually... With my son, I use an online program where they ship books to me and I use those books with them. But a lot of people want to have like in-home libraries right now or they want to have, you know, curriculum to go to. And I was at the thrift store the other day and I, I saw a Nancy Drew book. And I know that like Nancy Drew and like the Hardy Boys, mm-hmm. like those are like, competing, I know, story genres, but kind of the same thing. And if you find like a collection of Hardy Boys books, you can sell them for good money. Like you can sell an individual book, but the profit's not there. But if you can find sell 30 or 40 in a lot, the profit's there. So here's what's interesting. So I picked up an Nancy Drew book and then I saw a bunch of other ones. And I'm like, huh, interesting. They're only 99 cents each. So I'm wondering like how much the complete set is. I look it up. If you had a complete set of, I forget which version it was, but these Nancy Drew books, like one through 56, they were going for 250 to $300 plus shipping. And some, some people had them for free too. And then I'm like, oh, I counted all the books. I'm like, I hope I have 56 and I only have 40. And so I let it go and I left it in there. And then I kept going around the store sourcing. And then I'm like, I wonder if people would buy incomplete sets. Like, is it, is it going to be worth it? So I look it up and sure enough, like if you had 12 books or you had 50 books or if you had 40 books, like people were still selling them. And so I actually found one where there was a comp of people had 40 books. They had one through 40. They were missing like numbers, da, 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 da. And they had put that on the listing and they sold it for 150 bucks plus shipping. So I bought all 40 books for $40. Now I haven't listed it. So this may be a house of the week once it sells. But I'm looking at these comps and I'm like, I think if there's ever a time that you can find homeschooling material that will sell well. And we've talked about this, like Hooked on Phonics. And when I find Hooked on Phonics, I've sold that. Well, I've bought like a, a complete set for five bucks at a garage sale and flipped it for 50, 60. You know, Baby Einstein's been stuff like that. And then there's, you know, there are different like stories that you can, if you can put them all together, Lemony Snickets is another one. And so that's definitely a bolo. Keep an eye, especially right now that people are trying to educate at home. They don't have access to the libraries because even public libraries are closed in certain towns. So for right now, during this time of COVID, if you can find complete sets of books, look it up, obviously do the research, but there's money there. Yeah. And you mean, you can even, you can even, depending again, like we talked about earlier in the episode, time, money, space, maybe you don't have lots of money, but you've got time and space you know, let it take time and be willing to grow, grow a collection, right? Try and almost think about it like, you know, trading cards or something, make a complete set. So buy all the Nancy Drew books that you find at a garage sale or a thrift store, set them up, figure out which ones you're missing. And then as you're out and about, try and fill in that set, right? Oh, here's this one I'm missing. And maybe you find ones that you already have. So start working on a second set, right? I mean, I know people do that with various, you know, collectible card games or trading mm-hmm. cards or things like that. So you can work on building out a set. Like I, I did that uh, for my personal, like I wanted to watch the Harry Potter movies um, again and I didn't own them. My, my mother-in-law owns them. And so I was like, we'd borrow them from her, but I was like, 
hey, I'm at a store. They've got number three, five, and seven. I'm just going to buy these ones and then put them in my collection. And then next time I'm at a store, oh, they have one, two, and four, right? So I'm just buying them slowly until I have the whole set and realizing that even with whether it's DVDs like that or books, complete sets sell for a lot more than the individual ones do. So you can over time, maybe over the course of a year, put together two and a half sets of a, of a series like that, or maybe three and a quarter sets and then sell them as you do that. And you know, that could be a, that could be a market for you. There you go. So I don't know. I, and I'll keep you guys posted. I, I think I just haven't had a chance to listen because I've been traveling. So, so that leads us into what we're looking forward to. So I'll go first on this one. So yeah, go I'm looking forward to hopefully uh, now that I have my IPI score at a good place, I'm going to send in a bunch of used electronics into Amazon. So I'm going to do counter of what they want. But the reason being is I have a lot of, I, I probably have like five or six DVD recorders. I probably have like eight to 10 dual decks. I have, I have a lot of stacks of money just sitting in my storage unit that I, I don't, I don't want to list on eBay because when it sells, I mean, you could pack it ahead of time and, you know, it sells and you just slap the label on it. But I also know that on Amazon, it, you know, things sell for more and I don't have to deal with it when it sells. I mean, the other catch is I find that on Amazon, people are more likely to return something than on eBay. They're more willing to kind of figure out what they don't know. Like, you know, DVD recorders, like if you don't have a manual, like if you don't know what you're doing, like you might think it's not working, but right. you just didn't hit the right buttons. Yeah. So, well, I'll see what happens, but my goal is to work on those. And then I, I need to get back into eBay mode because I'm seeing my eBay numbers declining because I've been so focused on Amazon. And uh, I really, I mean, eBay is what carried me through the pandemic. So I need to sit down and just, I, you know, I had mentioned earlier in the summer that I wanted to get to 3K listings by the end of the summer. I've actually gone backwards on that. So where I was up to over 2,200 listings, I'm down to like 2,170-ish right now. And uh, yeah, I need a, I don't think I'm going to hit 3K. I'm just going to be real. I failed. Like I'm not going to, but I'm, I'm, I've been doing so well with Amazon FBA these last few weeks that I'm able to forgive myself on that. So that is what I'm looking forward to. And I'm also, also the, the hard part is I think I'm going to travel, but it's not going to be reselling related. So be on the lookout for Instagram content that may not be reselling. Con I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do because I think I need to step away for like a good four days and just Live. travel without sourcing, without doing any of that. But I don't think we've done that on Pearson podcast in about two years. Mm -hmm. There's always been something. So we'll see what happens. Maybe Mike, maybe Mike will fill in the gap. We'll see what happens. So yeah, maybe. Um, cool. Yeah. So for me, uh, tomorrow, like I said earlier, I kind of find out what, hopefully I'll find out a little bit more about what my school schedule is going to look like. I mean, it's all up in the air at the beginning of the summer, they had put together like a task force of teachers and admin and parents kind of figured out reopening strategies. And to be honest, I stayed as far away from that as possible. Cause I knew that you know, things were constantly changing and in flux. And the last thing I wanted to do was spend hours and hours planning out a plan that was going to, you know, have to change a hundred times because information changes and, you know, regulations change and all of that. So uh, I'm, I'm still like in this 
limbo stage. Like I have no idea what school is going to look like. And school is just right around the corner for me. It's going to be starting here pretty soon. And so I'm looking forward to having a little bit of clarity there. Cause I think once I have that, that's going to release a little bit of stress off of me and I can say, okay, here's how much time I need to anticipate spending each day, each week, whatever it ends up looking like. And then I can kind of start to organize and plan a, a schedule, a, a a consistent way of sourcing, listing, all of those things. Because for me, if I have to automatically come into the office anyways, every single day for three hours, well, okay, while well, I'm here, I might as well spend two hours listing, right? Or whatever it ends up looking mm-hmm. like. But right now I have no idea. And so uh, it's kind of just up in the air. So I'm looking forward to getting a little bit of clarification there. And then also, uh, if hopefully the weather, it's getting a little bit better. It's getting a little bit cooler in the evenings. I mean, we were looking at nights where it was still in like the 80s, right? It just wasn't it wasn't cool. And so I'm hoping that as, as the temperature starts to drop a little bit, that garage sales will be a little bit better and I'll have the motivation to get out there uh, because there's nothing worse than waking up at early in the morning, going for my walk, doing my workout, and then it's already 85 degrees and it's seven o'clock. And I'm like, I don't want to go to garage sales, right? Like I'm tired, I'm hot. So if it's an advantage for garage sales though, less people go out. Yeah, fewer people, hot. but then there may also be fewer garage sales, right? So again, it's, it's I know, I know. in a way yeah, out. That's true. So but anyways, true. yeah, so I'm hoping, hoping to maybe hit up a few garage sales and, uh, and get back to my first love in reselling. Yeah. Same with me. I mean, that's one thing I should have mentioned too. Like after this last haul, I'm like, I'm ready to go next Saturday. Like I, I'm ready to go garage sales. So we'll see what happens, but yeah. Hey, I want to reiterate, if you're new to reselling, you're just catching this podcast. If there's ever a time to jump into it, it's now. Again, we gain nothing for it. Our content is completely free. We're just telling you this to help you level up your standard of living. So That's right. with that being said, hey, make sure to be real. Be relevant. <laughs> be reselling. Please. <laughs>